Hi there. Thanks so much for joining today. Uh, this episode is a great one. It's a conversation with Sean Sullivan and uh, Brad Schaefer. Sean Sullivan is the general manager at uh, Bill Curry Ford down in Tampa, Florida. Um, Sean goes into some some details in this episode that may come across as a little biased or uh, you know pro Reynolds. I uh, wanted to give that disclosure up front, but regardless, it's an excellent conversation. Um, really enjoyed talking with him and he had some great, uh, great tips and experience on leadership in general. So I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Hi, I'm Greg Yulin with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today, I have two guests to share with you. Uh, the first is uh, Sean Sullivan, who's the general manager at Bill Curry Ford in beautiful Tampa, Florida, uh, and also Brad Schaefer, who's the founder of Recontract. We've had Brad on before, but this is going to be an interesting dynamic. So, gentlemen, thanks so much for, uh, for hopping on. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yep, absolutely. All right, so Sean, maybe start today. Wanted to get into uh, switching or installing at least software in the dealership, right? So you've been through uh, a DMS transition fairly recently. Um, wanted to at least start, I suppose, on what that experience was like for you. Maybe even how many times you've done it, um, and uh, and then we can go in from there. Uh, been in the car business thirty four years. I've done six DMS conversions. Uh, most recently, I went from Automate to uh, Reynolds, uh, which I can tell you I'm very excited about. No, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. So six DMS conversions. Um, yes. You know, when, when you hear people talk about a DMS conversion, there's usually stories, right? And some refer to them as, as war stories almost. Um, but, you know, I, I hope at least that it doesn't have to be all pain. Right. People talk about it like uh, they use analogies like, you know, it's a it's a brain transplant or something along those lines. And and while it does require a lot of work and a lot of effort, um, I'm curious what your experience has been like, maybe most recently. I mean, if you want to get into other stories as well, that's perfectly. Fine, no, I, I, I actually think that the most relevant conversation would be the transition from Automate to Reynolds. We started with a plan to build a new twenty five million dollar store. Once the plan was in place, I have worked the last 36 months in designing it. We didn't have architect designed it. It was actually designed by car people, which will be the first of its kind, which I'm very excited nice. about. We determined how many ROs that we wanted to actually service a day. Uh, with our expansion, we, we talked about going from 62 bays to 130 active um, service bays. Uh, we talked about carrying went from $1 million to carrying $2.5 to $3 million in parts. And the capacity of the different DMSs that would allow me to do that. So we narrowed it down to uh, CDK and Reynolds. And once we determined, um, you know, that the largest selling point for me was SPG, um, you know, with Reynolds and, and being able to put out a consistent labor time and a consistent parts price to our customers and to our technicians, uh, that kind of sold me right there. Once we decided to go with Reynolds, we had a launch meeting uh, where we went to an amazing dinner and um, Reynolds really showed my staff and my managers a wonderful time to kind of get them enthused. So I'm already enthused, right? I'm already gung-ho about making this change um, because I know it's going to help me with the growth of the store. Once we got together, it seemed like the employees are very excited in the beginning and then they start to die out as as the Reynolds was getting implemented. As you know, Reynolds doesn't implement in one day or one week, like different systems get implemented in different months. So you have stuff that goes in January through March. You're, you're installing software consistently, consistently. And then 
basically your employees burn out about the first 30 days. After the first 30 days, you're really pressing them to actually answer calls and return emails to Reynolds for the installs. So then I realized I need an install plan for myself and my team because I'm I have this amazing Reynolds install team, right, with all of these experts. And then I realized it doesn't make any difference if my team doesn't have an install plan. So as the general manager, I sat down and said, "Okay," with all the department heads, I said, let's talk about not just the dates, because that's typical for a general manager to go, "Okay, we're going to install on this date. We're going to install on this date. But we never talk about accountability on the install. We never talk about who is going to actually manage the daily operations of this software. And then how how, am I going to get weekly, daily or monthly reports on the usage of these amazing tools that we're putting for our our guests and our customers and our employees? Um, And I think that at, at the end of the day, I felt much better about the accountability because, as you know, in any software, whether it's Reynolds or Automate, it's the people that fail you. It's, it's just not the software that fails you. Um, and for me, I had to really put my head around a plan uh, to um, teach my employees the importance of the software. Once I did that, I got a full buy-in. Yeah, and, and I want to circle back around on that and double-click a little bit. Be- before we go there, Brad, I was hoping you could chime in, too. So so that's a really um, a really great uh, opening, Sean, and, and I, I really appreciate it. And clearly, this is a passion project for you, uh, yes. which I love. Um, so, so, Brad, I'm curious from your perspective. You've seen from the other side, right, from a vendor perspective, you've seen a lot of installs, right, and even working in the dealerships as well, but most recently, sure. you know, on the vendor side. So uh, I'm curious your perspective. Perspective, contrasting the way Sean just described his approach um, to some others that you may have seen, um, you know, h- how do those, how do, the, how does his approach, I guess, differ maybe from what you would consider standard? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when we when we started having this conversation, I thought of Sean because he he's a little different than than many, right? So, twenty five a year, twenty five years in retail, I probably was was uh, at fault many a times, right? You have a problem, you decide, well, you know, I'm going to try to do it. With, you know, whiteboards and paper, and you realize that that's not possible. You start looking at technology and you, you know, you pick the, you pick the best solution for you. Well, you know, the difference between what Sean did and what others sometimes do is when they, when they pick a technology, they just, you know, they, they give it to the, to the manager who's failing as it is to implement this tool and and start to point out all the Put out all the issues that they may be the ones that fault that. So they wonder six months later what happened. Where Sean, you know, took the time to, uh, you know, tell him the why. He was involved. He 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 downloaded the apps. He understood the tools. You know, he really shepherded the uh, the implementation of the tool and made sure it was working properly before he signed off and moved on to the next one. Right. So there's there's many different forms of leadership. Right. You, you know, visionary servant leadership. You've got you know charismatic, strategic. I I think systems ability is a, is a very important piece of of success in the automotive industry. So it's one area where I thought you did a great job in implementing the tools and understanding exactly how they work and 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 when the associates come in and say hey listen you know this isn't working you can at least say this is it may not work in that particular piece but these are all the benefits that we're getting uh across the board so you have to understand the tool before you can manage it and i think thought you did a great job of of that not only in uh the dms itself but also in the uh, the ancillary products that uh are involved in the other areas so 
congratulations yeah. on that. And, and Sean, That's you really kind of you, Brad. Thank you. Yeah, and Sean, you mentioned a uh, you know kind of a key word of accountability, and I've always found, and I, I, I'm interested in your perspective. This is where I want to kind of go back and dive in a little bit. Um, you know, it's one thing to, and you said you know setting dates on the calendar or, or whatever, right? It's one thing to set dates on the calendar and then uh, go back to somebody a week later, two weeks later, you know, at the due date and say, "Is this done?" It's another thing for them to be able to come to you with a problem and for you to help them them solve that problem, right? If if you've never been in a new piece of software. Software or fill in the blank. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a DMS. It can be, you know, Google Sheets. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, if you can't be a resource for them, um, that it's it's much more difficult to hold people accountable, right? And when you can't stand yeah. on your own two feet, it, it makes absolutely. It as a as a leader, I take more to the authoritative side um, with a mixture of delegation. So I'm one of those guys that enjoys like I manage what I can measure. Right. And, if, and you're only as good as the information that is put in the system from your people. Right. So I, I can't possibly manage. So we have 300 employees just at this location. I can't hold them responsible. Right. If the data that I get is incorrect. Right. If I'm looking at all these reports and then I go and I back up and I realize that it wasn't the inflammation that was the problem. It's usually the fact that we never learned how to properly use the tool. And then I'm sitting here trying to manage um, with bad, with bad information. You know, I had, um, I found out, um, you know, that some of our tech efficiency numbers aren't correct because we didn't, we didn't install it correctly because some of the information didn't get back to rentals that, that they needed. They were still waiting on. So I'm getting these reports going, okay, how could my techs perform? And I'm having tech meeting and I'm having tech meeting and I'm doing performance bonuses and I'm, I'm spending the owner's money thinking to myself, wow, I'm at 48%, 48. And, 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 we didn't have the clock hours versus the flag hours done correctly in our in our arithmetic. And, you know, with things like that, that's a person error. The software didn't let me down. The people let me down. And th then I was like, man, I got to learn about this. You know, recontract is, is the single most, um, I guess, important tool in a used car um, relationship between a manager and software. Uh, I've never in 34 years encountered anything like recontracts. It was kind of like when Viado first came to the market and it revolutionized how we we actually manage cars with days. And, and um, you know, we started learning of cost of sale in a day. You know, I, I never knew what holding cost was prior to Viado because, you, you know, we didn't have that kind of software. You kind of had a little piece of paper and pencil and said, okay, this thing's costing me $6 a day and you find out it really costs you, you know, $170 a day to hold that car for another 10 days. So you really dive into it. And then what we contracted was I saw it on the, on the actual demo. And I'm like, yeah, I, this is something that I am a power user. I've got to have this, right? I've got to do a good job of learning it so that I can help, like you said, help my staff. And then I also, don't like excuses, right? As part of my authoritative type of leadership is I want to remove the obstacles and excuses away from the person to get their ultimate production. So when you come into a meeting with me, you better be prepared because none of that nonsense is going to work on me because I already see what you're doing. I see how many hours you're logging in. I'm listening to your phone calls. I'm paying attention to how many days recontracts is telling me the cars go through. So you're not going to be able to you know, uh, I, I don't want to use an inappropriate word on your podcast, but, you know, you get BS a lot of time as a general manager. And yeah. 
recon traps took a lot of that out for me because there's so many things in there that prevents people from giving me false information. Uh, and I'm going to give you a real-time example. So um, my recon manager, who has been here for 34 years, um, who's in charge of recon, so he's, he's, he's brand new to the business, right? Um, hated recon tracks, okay? When we installed it. So he spent a week, Brad came with his team, did an amazing job installing it. Brad says, yep, they got it. We, you know, he leaves. Uh, I start, I, you know, I got my, I got all my stuff on my laptop. I got recon tracks pulled up every day. I love it. Right. I'm in there and I'm looking at the stuff and I'm 78 days turn on my used cars. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not going to work. So I call, I call the recon manager. I don't want to use these, their names. So I sure. called the recon manager and I said, Hey, um, real quick. Uh, is it, if it's, if it's 78 days for my turn, you're fired. So let me just put it to that one. He goes, no, the software is incorrect. I said, okay, why is the software incorrect? Um, well, I haven't had time to, to input the correct data in recontracts. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm coming, I'm on my way down to your office. Right. So I go down to his office and I say, listen, straight talk. Why aren't you doing the job that I'm paying you to do? Right? I gave you a tool that's going to make your life so easy. He's like, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's making me work harder. It's doing it's it's creating all this work for me. And I'm like, OK, give me an example. Right. So he bring he walks me out to the technicians and Brad, you're, you're going to I know you, I don't know if I can't see if you're laughing or not, but. So they walked me out to the technician and the technician's saying, Sean, this, this thing is awful. I said, I, I want to go back to my paper MPI, you know, because back, you know, they had a clipboard with right. like a piece of paper that's sure. got sweat on it. You know, it's got their <laughs> Coca-Cola rings on it. Right. They had food spilled on it and they got some they change pens. So you don't know, is there, are they trying to tell me that something's in the red? It's just a, a bad process. Right. So I'm digital now. And he's like, the MPI is too long. It's like 15 pages long, the MPI. And he's like, Sean, it takes an hour to do this correctly. And he goes, it just, it's, it's slowing our work pace down. So I call Brad and I'm like, Brad, I, I was like, is this, is this thing really 15 pages long as MPI? And Brad's like, absolutely not. I'll be there. I'll be there this afternoon. Right. So Brad shows up, goes down to my team, uh, Shows them boom, boom, boom. Shows them how to customize their MPI. Now remember, this is again people not putting the correct information in. They were right. trained on this. So Brad streamlines the MPI. So uh, the day goes by. Next day comes. The manager calls me and he says, "I love recontracts." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like since yesterday." And he's like, "Yes." He goes, "He goes. The, the MPIs are coming in way faster." I'm able to uh, decision the cars faster in real time. And the managers, no matter where they are, are, are actually approving the work. So I don't have to wait for them to come back from their two hour lunches or their long meetings. I don't have to, I don't have to like hunt them down. I, I'm getting real time approvals. I'm getting parts ordered. And he goes, and the MPIs are the fastest they've ever been. So again, I get frustrated as a general manager, right? Because right. you're like, okay, so they have a problem and they're just going to sit there and wait for me to solve it for them, right? It drives me insane. I promise you it's, it's, a, it's an everyday gain of my existence that people will sit 
and not help themselves. So now, if I tried to pull recontracts out of the store, I would have a knife fight like the like the like the um, the beat it video from Michael Jackson, right, with the knife and the string. <laughs> Just to show my age a little bit, but I, I will tell you that they love software so much. I did um, advanced service uh, with the with the pads, and they're like, Sean, the iPads, these things are bulky. We don't want to, we don't want to do them. And I'm and I'm like, have you guys ever checked a car in? How do we check a car in? What's our current process of how to check a car in? And what's advanced service going to do for us to check a car in? So. Um, they go and they check a car in with advanced service, and they didn't understand that it can do Oasis and recall tech, and they can they can actually understand everything that's going on with the car. And now we're doing pre-appointment um, um, evaluations the day before, easily with it with with Reynolds Advanced Track, and I'm just or Advanced Service, and I'm just thinking to myself, these guys are now coming to me saying, Sean, thank you, right? We have, software has made their lives better. Right. So I, I just found out that if I don't know how to use it as a general manager, I am never going to be able to um, help them with their issues. It's more than just looking at reports that I get weekly from my Reynolds morning email saying your usage report is 98 <laughs> percent. OK, well, how effective are we? I know how many people are logging in, but how effective are we doing the work? How effective are we turning hours? How effective are we reconning vehicles? And that's, as a general manager, what Reynolds has allowed me to do that I could not do with previous DMSs. You know, a lot yeah, of that's great. Yeah. Well, hang on real quick, Brett, because yeah. this is why I was excited to have both of you on here, because uh, we get to fact check Sean's story on, on uh, the one that he just told right about the install. So I, I want to hear your side of that story and, and your perspective on that as well. So, uh, you know, similar, except for the fact that at the point, the technicians almost threw wrenches at me when I walked into his office. And, uh, <laughs> I left you know, that it's, out. It's, it's uh, you know, uh, they, they hated me. It was change, right? I mean, that's really what it is. It's We're changing people's daily habits, and they don't see an issue with it. And a lot of times, they might be the, the problem that, that you're trying to solve for. So, um, you know, whether it's whether it's free contract or advanced service or, or our competitors, right? You're changing somebody's life. They're, how they do their work. It's I hear the same thing. This isn't going to work here. We're different, right? And that's the way it always works. And and until you have somebody in a position of leadership that that walks in there and says, "No, this is the wise," right? I I, I know all the. I, I I did my research, right? I I hear that that may not do this one thing that you're that you're accustomed to doing, but the reason we're going this way is because it does this and this and this and this and this. And when used properly, now you've got the data to support. I mean, if they're the people that are, if they're the people that aren't the problem, they should be the biggest fan because now uh, a lot of times utilization, uh, proper utilization is, you know, who's doing what consistently and who's not doing what consistently. You've got the data to, to have that. And that's, you know, that's kind of where it went, went the other direction, quite honestly, is when Sean was able to answer those questions, you know, have a shoulder to cry on for their, for their concerns, but then held their hand through the process. So, um, you know, that's why I, we've seen utilization at this location better than most, because, you know, leadership, the person that signed the contract, 
you know, took ownership and then saw it through. And I mean, think about it. You, you, you install a product and yeah, it's a tough week. It's a tough month. Maybe it's a tough couple of months of, of changing your processes, but you know, you've now got two, three, five, 10 years of, of, of future. That's going to be better because of the time you invested in the beginning up front. So yeah, it, it's similar, but I, it, it, same process. You asked me the question, how to, how to go, just like it goes with everybody. The first week was rough. Uh, the second week was better. And then when somebody of leadership said, we're not going back to the old way, we're going to continue to do it this way. And these are the reasons why I know you have a problem with that button. Let me show you how to, how to fix that. That's the difference between a strong leader in the automotive industry and somebody that just signs a contract and the things are going to ha- think things are going to happen. No, it's a good good perspective. And um, Sean, I'm I'm curious, and this this is probably for both of you, but Sean, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, in your experience over the years, um, you've clearly implemented a lot of different software. Um, you know, you said you've been through a DMS transition six different times. Um, you, you've probably learned some things along the way, right? You make mistakes and you you grow, and then you don't make those mistakes again. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you've made the right decision every time. But um, I'm curious your perspective on. When you make a decision to switch or implement something new, um, how much involvement do you, or I guess input do you take from your team ahead of time? And I ask that because a lot of what you were describing was people that were resistant to change. And often we see that when uh, something comes their way unexpectedly or something comes their way and they didn't feel like they had input. Um, Not to say one way is better than the other, but you have plenty of experience to go off of. So um, I don't know, what's your perspective on on gathering team input or team perspectives prior to making a decision versus after making a decision? Um, that's, um, oh, that's a very complicated question. Um, <laughs> the reason why uh, it's a good looking question, right? It's a really <laughs> fine looking question. So, um, I can say that if I leave it to the input, um, very, very rarely will I ever get real change out of my, my employees. It's just, I can only talk from my experience. Um, sure. I try to be the, um, the delegating manager that um, is always kind and understanding of situations. And I really tried to manage with like a humanistic standpoint where I really wanted to get to know the people and their families. And I really wanted to um, really give them a great life experience, you know? Uh, And then I realized that um, I was just going to get taken advantage of uh, over and over and over and over and over again. So, what I do now is, is, is I, in those meetings, I would say that uh, I have made this decision to go with Reynolds, right? Uh, I, I got very little feedback from the, the managers because um, I know more than they do, hence the reason why I'm in my position. And if I don't, uh, then I shouldn't be in my position. If I don't tell them what they, I think people want to be led. Let me just start there. I think that people want strong leadership. And I think we're in, in the time in this world where strong leadership doesn't exist anymore. Um, we're like leaders are asking more questions um, than they should be asking. And I, I feel like that when the managers come in, they're looking to me to be their, you know, to be their, their guy, to, to know the answers. Right. And, and I'm not saying I'm right every time. I, I try to be right more than I'm wrong. And I can tell you that I strive for that every day by my work ethic and, and, and how much I read and how much I stay engaged. I really strive 
to be to to be more right than I'm wrong. And I can tell you that I succeed at that. I, I do believe I succeed at that. I I feel like it's indifference. If I let the guy, if I carry too much conversation with CDK, and I say I go with Reynolds, I go into that knowing that manager is not going to give me 100% of the install of Reynolds. I know that going in. Um, when the guy wants me to look at this other one because his friend in California said it's really great, well, they they run one-tenth of the volume that I run, and I'm sure it works really great for small, little, tiny stores. Um, and I, I, I sit there and I talk about fixed. Well, how do I explain the process of, of SPG? How do I explain the process of part scanning to someone who works in the sales department or the recon department who is unconcerned with the greater good, unconcerned with the entire ecosystem that is a car dealership where I am dependent on service just like sales and, and then sales is dependent on service, service is dependent on sales, recon is dependent on sales, then the body shop is dependent on the service drive. But there's so many aspects where we're all interdependent on each other, but yet the managers are unconcerned with the other departments. It's almost like yeah. You have to have a general manager that gets paid on the net, right? That actually brings it all together and actually focuses completely on this 360 outlook. But when they come in, I have to be the authoritative guy in the room. I can't guess and I can't be the guy that thinks maybe this might work. I've got to go in with confidence as a leader and say, this is what we're doing because it's what's best for the store. It's what's best for every department. And I need you guys to buy in. And I don't like to take conversations then. After the install of Reynolds, I had meetings with every single person and said, I want pros and cons, pros and cons, get sent to my email. And I'd have pros and I'd have cons. And then I would call Reynolds and I would say, hey, my parts guy doesn't like the parts scanner that's on temporary loan. I need, I need this handled right away. Reynolds goes out and fixes the parts scanner. And then he calls me and says, hey, it's working great. So I like to do it the second way where I want the feedback after I've made the decision to move so that it's all on me, right? So I, I, no one can come up to me and say, boss, man, I'm sorry I recommended CDK because it didn't work out, right? I want, I want them to come to me after I did the install and after I've done all the research and, and done everything to tell me, okay, now how do we make Reynolds better? How do we make Reynolds better for your family? How do we make it better for my family? John, don't you find that including these your team members in the decision-making before it's done, they're going to give you a little better buy-in in the end during the implementation. I mean, having them, I mean, most of the time, at least the way I've found it is that, you know, you make a decision for a reason. It's what the, the final decision is the best product. Right. And I think sometimes if you include them in the reasons throughout that process, they're going to have a better, you're going to have a better implementation because they were part of that decision-making going in. No, have, have you found that to be a, I, I personally found that to fail for me, and I'll explain to you. I, I understand the concept. It also depends on who's in the room. If it's you and me in the yeah. room, yeah, we can we can talk about it, right? You're right. I think, I think you Sean, gotta remember. Sean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, and I'll let you keep going. But I think that's a really important point to underscore: is it all depends on the people, right? And you, as the right. leader, know your team and know your people better than anyone else, and Correct. you have to treat them appropriately and and manage them appropriately. So, sorry to cut you off. Go go ahead. No, but I think it's that okay. Was a really but I also point. know their strengths and weaknesses, and and yep. doing research on a DMS is not going to be the strength of my parts manager. <laughs> okay, right. parts is his strength. You know what I mean? So. 
service, if I go to my service manager, he's going to say, okay, this one costs me the least amount of money, right? Against my expenses, right? Because they're not thinking about the growth. They're not thinking about running more ROs because they're comfortable usually with the amount of ROs they're already doing, right? They don't, they don't look at it like they want to improve. They're like, we're just, we're, why would we want to improve? We're doing just good. I had a service manager of 30 some odd years look me in the face and says, why would I want it to grow? It causes me to have stress and it's going to, and, and, and we're going to have less customer service. He says, we should keep it exactly the same size it is right now. This is, this is the Honda, basically Honda does the same thing. Honda doesn't want to sell one more car than they sell currently. They're happy with their position in the world. Right? They, their manufacturing versus quality versus customer is exactly where they want it. They don't ever want to move, right? Well, we have managers that are like that. So I don't want input that's based on information that does me no good. I don't, the yeah, cost is irrelevant to me. If I told you, if I gave my service manager the one that costs the least amount of money, he'll pick that one. If I give my parts manager the one, he'll go, well, I don't, I don't want to get rid of all these, these two third parties that I've been doing business with for 20 years. Can I keep them? And if I go with CDK, I can keep them. But if I go with Reynolds, which is the better system, I can't keep them because we're going to go with Reynolds scanner. They'll make the decision to go with CDK. So, again, I can only speak for myself and the personnel. I know them better than they know themselves in these meetings. But we had higher executive meetings, which means I'm an F2, which gives me ownership privileges as an, as, as an owner. And then you have an executive team, which is uh, Jennifer Curry, who is the uh, dealer principal. And then I have a CFO of the stores in, in Joe Cotillo. That is a conversation where we would open up that floor up to ideas, not not so much the actual team of people, you know, that run the departments, just because they're never going to think of sales. And, and my GSM even, even my GSM was wondering which one would work, would work for the CRM better. He was never concerned about my write-up process in the service department. Right. Or or am I going to be able to quote proper labor times on each job like Reynolds allows me to do where I had technicians taking advantage because they're saying I need three point hours on this and three point eight hours. And Reynolds is saying, no, it's a one and a half hour job. I was getting ripped off. Right. And no one was helping me. No one's coming to my aid. Reynolds said we have a system that will that will make sure that this doesn't happen. Right. So I'm thinking to myself as a general manager, if I listened to anyone else, I could have made the wrong decision with the CDK. That would have been a disaster for the store. So, again, I made the decision based on what was best for the store. And then I got input after I did the install. So that's how I did it. And that's just based on my experience. Yeah, that's great. That's great. No, definitely appreciate it and, and appreciate the uh, the discussion. Um, <clears throat> Brett, so you, you kind of asked a question there, you know, and uh, it would seem that that just based off of your question, you may have uh, different experience from the vendor side. And, and the reason I'm asking this and the reason I'm asking it this way is, is my assumption is when somebody gets when, when a leader gets buy in from the team ahead of the install, the install is probably a lot easier. Sure. Um, that doesn't mean that it's the right way to make the decision to, to Sean's point, but, um, and, and that's, a, I'm guessing the different perspectives and, and again, why I was, I was grateful to have both of you on. So I'm curious, uh, from an installation perspective as a vendor, uh, of, of software, right. I guess, what's it look like from your end? You know, it's, uh, it's always different. 
Um, but again, <laughs> I, I think today it was, it was, you know, the reason I was excited about this is there's, there's just two completely different, you know, ways of thinking, right? You've yeah. got either a leader that, that, you know, gets to the right decision, however you do that, right? I mean, obviously a DMS decision is way bigger than just the parts manager or just the, you know, the desk manager. That's a, it's a global decision. But once you, once you get there, um, you got the different the different aspects. You got the people to sign the contracts, and you know their associates don't even know it's coming. Those typically are extremely rough, right? They, you're the person that surprises them and goes, "Hey, we got a new agreement, and we're going to install." And and uh, they're going, "I don't want to. I don't want to change." And then you've got the people that you pick up the phone and you go, "Hey, we've got a new solution coming your way." And they go, "Yep, I'm prepared. We've got the date. We've got." team i'm leading the effort this is lisa she's she's second in charge and that's how that's going to work so uh from a from an implementation and long-term utilization standpoint uh the involvement with and, and again having leadership a somebody in charge it says this is the way we're going and we're not going back what is it cortez said we're burning the ships right um, that's right really the way it is in, in in any type of change and especially in the software solution and then Proper utilization gives you the information that you need to, to run your business, make the decisions and, and uh, hold your people accountable for both good and bad um, in whatever you're trying to fix. No, that's good. That, no, that's, that's definitely appreciated. And I think it's important to just mention as well, there, there is a difference between, you know, installing a DMS and installing, um, you know, an add-on piece of software that may impact one department or at most two, right? Sean, I think uh, your example is really uh, pointed in that, um, you know, the, the sales manager isn't looking at, at the service writer process. He is not, nor does he care. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Nor does so, he even care. So yeah. to, to Brad's point, if I was just installing re recontract, which I would suggest to everybody, whether they have Reynolds or not. I mean, I, I think I talk to people all the time. It's, it's, it's a revolutionary tool for, for used cars. I mean, and, and listen, I, I'm not just saying that like, uh, I am, I'm a very straight shooter. I will tell you when I don't like something. And I think that Reynolds, the people that know me at Reynolds will back that up. Um, uh, I, I assure you that, but I'm going to praise when praise is due. When something is well-written and helps make people's lives better, I'm going to always support it. And um, But you're right. If I was doing one add-on, right, then, of course, I would take the input from the impact of that person. DMS is just not one of those things. Yeah, uh, right. It's just, yeah. in my, this is just my opinion. It was easier for me to say during, an like, we had our own meetings ahead of time before Reynolds installed. I said, we're installing Reynolds. This is your responsibility. This is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to be charged. This is when they're coming. I, this is what I expect you to do once it's installed. And once we did that, that's just experience, right? Once we did that, I had a really good um, start to our year. And, and just so you know, the impact that Reynolds has made on our store is measured in dollars, which is the only thing that I'm measured in, right? So... I can show you on paper the difference in finance chargebacks from DocuPad. I can show you on paper uh, how, how much holding cost I saved by turning cards faster. I can show you how, how much more efficient my technicians are now, now that I'm actually in, uh, using our pricing guides properly. Oh, not to mention the fact the best thing that we installed was the, um, the parts and the service um, grids. And, oh, yeah. you know, I had, that's unbelievable that no one ever talks about it. My goodness, we went from, I, I, I had a 160 door rate. I raised it to 196 and my grid is at 226 right now. 
So I'm right. like, and my, I'm just, it's, it's just making me money hand over fist. And I'm just so excited about it. And by the way, all the managers are loving Reynolds. So Good. I made the right decision. Um, and again, I just hope to make better right ones than wrong ones. Right. In this, in this life. Yeah. You know, not many people, not when I say not many, but so many people look at it as their monthly invoice versus how you look at your the decisions you make on software, right? You're looking at the total picture, the dollars per repair order, the the turn rate, the it's a it's a wise way to do it. And and hopefully uh, you've seen net dollars, right? It all you have two accounts. I've seen net dollars. Credits, right, that's all yeah. credits and debits, right? And so goes, and ah, that's, a, that's a bigger debit. So I'm gonna stick with the what I know versus looking at what the overall solution is. So uh, congratulations on that. How's the uh, how's been the build? Has it been has it been helped you uh, through the growth project process, uh, having the having a having a more robust DMS in place? Yes, it, it just takes some of the worry off of it for me because, um, you know, the projection is uh, we're going to go from uh, 2,800 ROs to um, over 5,000 the first month that I open. Um, and having the DMS installed when we installed it, I knew that we needed it two years prior to our grand opening, right? So I really wanted to get the user um, the usage up, the 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 the, uh, the knowledge of how to use it properly. Uh, I wanted to get all the kinks worked out. You know that we still find a couple of things here and there that need to be adjusted constantly because it's a big chip. Um, but the timing is perfect because now I feel very comfortable with DMS. I don't have to worry about appointment setting. I don't have to worry about how we're going to check a customer in. I don't have to worry about pricing um, because my my everything is in place. Now I can just focus on. You're going to laugh, but I, before this meeting, I was in a meeting about how I'm moving $2.3 million in parts into the new building. Like, what kind of, are we going to take it in buckets? Are we going to use, <laughs> you know, like, how are we moving all these parts? Like, it's it's just crazy. Just when you think about how much you have in parts, and we're sitting there talking about, okay, well, uh, we can, some of it can be moved on pallets, and some of it can be moved in buckets, and some of it can be moved in the back of F-150s. You're just thinking to myself, oh, this sounds so terrible, how we're <laughs> moving it. And then I realized, man, there should be a moving company that specializes in parts moving, but there isn't. Um, but I will tell you that that's, that's exciting stuff. But not having to worry about my operating system, having two years in a new op- in this operating system, so now it's ours. We own it. It's We've taken ownership of it. This is our life in Reynolds. And then now, just now, I get to see the customer. I get to see the growth of, of the business, which is so exciting. Like, I can't tell you, Bill Curry Ford, for over 21 years, was the number one store in the world. Um, and that's what I want to get back to. Um, when I say number one store, we sold more cars, serviced more cars, sold more parts than any dealership in the world. Um, and in the 1990s, that went away with, with, with other dealerships opening, um, in the area, uh, we weren't able to, the, the management team here at the time retired, the new management team came in and did a very poor job of adjusting, um, from being the biggest to, um, having to advertise, you know, actually having to do customer service. You know, the funny thing about customer service is back then it was a, if you want to leave a note by the cashier. You know, you could write a note and say you had a good or bad experience and it gets tossed in a jar and then they, that jar gets tossed in the garbage at the end of the day. Right. So now you have this amazing 
system where it's all measured digitally. It's all measured with a virtual showroom online. It's all a, a part of you, you know, your customer service. And I'm just, I'm going to get to provide world-class customer service in a world-class facility in, in, my, in, the, in what I consider the, the greatest city in the United States. So um, I can't tell you how excited I am and, and how big a part Reynolds has been in our, in our growth and, and getting our preparation ready for the store. And Brad, of course, has just been, you know, been amazing. Um, I can't wait for his new parts product to come out. So I'm hoping that he has new products coming out for, you know, and that's going to be exciting for, for dealerships. But um, I, I will tell you uh, one of the quick things I can tell you about advertising wise, and I'm, I'm always going to be um, advertising for myself and for the dealership, right? So we'll have the largest service drive in the world. 67 cars at a time can come into the service drive. Wow. We'll have the largest climate-controlled shop under one roof for Ford Motor Company in the United States. Cool. Um, so we have some really cool things coming, and I'm very excited about it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And we definitely appreciate your business and your partnership. Um, and gentlemen, so great to, uh, to talk with you. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Sean Sullivan, Brad Schaefer, couldn't have been a better conversation. Um, all right. Well, I, well, I got you though, Sean, real quick, 60 seconds. So you host a, uh, a podcast, right? An NFL scouting podcast called best yes. in class. All right. Yes. Give me 60 seconds. I, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye. I went to Ohio state. So give me 60 seconds on CJ Stroud. What's your read? Okay, see, if you go back, you're going to love this. Go back to my <laughs> library. and it's, You go to um, you know, Podbeam. You go to a podcast, Apple, Apple Play, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast, right? You go back and you look at my breakdown of the quarterbacks for the 23 draft class. C.J. Stroud was my number one guy. Uh, and the reason why C.J. Stroud was my number one guy wasn't just because of his 70% accuracy, you know, in college, his accuracy over 20 yards. It was the fact that he made the most throws um, inside tight windows, which are called like, like the, the best part I can describe to you from a scout would be critical throws in a game. Like not the easy throws, but how many how many throws did he make in a game that changed the outcome of the game? Right. And he led his he led college football in that. He also had the the best long ball in college football. I love I love his intelligence. I love the fact that he that he can already read defenses. The fact that he consistently went to his second and third targets, where he was already going through his progressions. Uh, I think that he needs to improve quite a bit on his pressure. I think when he after that first hit, you can actually see it affects it affects him mentally after he gets that first hit in a game. Uh, it seems to throw him off a little bit. Then he gets back in rhythm. Um, it, uh, under heavy blitzing, he struggles a little bit, which, again, what quarterback doesn't. But he keeps. He needs to learn to keep his eyes up, his head up, you know, during pressure so that he can make sure he delivers the ball down the field um, when they take away his shorter um, plays because, you know, he'll throw those those screens on time. I mean, he his timing with his receivers at Ohio State was just unbelievable. Um he had a couple of games where he showed he was a franchise player. He's my number one quarterback. I really I liked Bryce Young a lot. Um, I thought Bryce Young was was it was a good quarterback, but I feel like I'm bigger than Bryce Young, and it's only <laughs> and I think that it's going to be a Tua situation. Do I think that Tua's a bad quarterback? No, but he had three concussions last year, and he have four, and he have five. How long will he last in the NFL? Bryce Young is the similar guy. Bryce Young is so small. You know, that he's smaller than Drew Brees and Deshaun Jackson. When you think about size-wise, only a right. few players in the last 100 years have lasted in the NFL at his size. And they were thicker. They had more weight on him. And he's right. going to get hit a lot. And I don't know if he's going to make it. 
let's talk about another Ohio State Buckeye that I love, <laughs> and that's Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields was drafted. He was my number one guy in that draft. I liked him over Trevor Lawrence. I liked him over Mac Jones, and I sure as hell liked him over Trey Lance. So you have Justin Fields in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, Justin Fields, and I'm like, how, how, why is everybody passing on this guy? This guy – this guy holds the, the college football record for the most passes over 40 yards completed. He had the most touchdowns in the history of Ohio State at quarterback. I'm like, I'm trying to understand what, what they're not, what are they seeing, these scouts seeing that I'm not seeing. So the guy drops to the Chicago Bears. He goes into a terrible coaching situation with a coach that did not want him, right? Who got fired the previous, you know, they got fired, you know, before the end of the year. He gets into another coaching situation, which I think is better for him but without a lot of weapons. And, you know, they trade more from North Carolina. I think that he's going to be a big upgrade. I think they uh, upgraded their offensive line tremendously in the offseason. I think that you're looking at a top three league MVP this year. I think you're going to see Justin Fields take the same leap that Lamar Jackson took from his second to third year where he became MVP of the league. I think that Justin Fields is going to be a household name by the end of this year. I think he's going to break the Ohio State um uh, I don't know what you would call it, mystique of not having a good quarterback in the NFL, um, you know, because they have the best receivers in the NFL, right? So everybody always says it's not the quarterback, it's the receivers. I think that, that Ohio State has had brilliant QB play, and I think that you're going to see that in C.J. Stroud. He was just named team captain last night, a rookie named team captain. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, and then – um, Justin Fields going into this year, look for him to be in those league MVP conversations. I think he's going to rush for a thousand yards. I think he's going to throw for 4,000 yards. I think he's going to be somewhere around 26 and 11 touchdown to interception ratio. So I think you're going to see uh, a big growth in him. Love I hope it. that answers Love your it. question. It does. It does. Well, gentlemen, thank you again for, uh, for a great conversation. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely appreciate it. So have, have a great day and uh, I'm sure we'll all talk soon. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. See Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that was a really fun conversation with Sean Sullivan from Bill Curry Ford and Brad Schaefer from Recon Track. Appreciate both of them hopping on. Uh, I really like the dynamic between the two and their different perspectives. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Before we hop off, don't forget you can watch or listen to episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks.